Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my majestic universe. This is the Pro Wrestling Zone Podcast, a majestic production, where you will hear the news and reviews of everything professional wrestling with a twist. You have never heard another pro wrestling podcast like this. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And without further ado, let me introduce to you your hosts of the Pro Wrestling Zone, Tiger Height and Peanut Gallery. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Zone. This is our sixth episode, something like that. Anyway, yeah. so we have a couple of discussions. I kind of want to do a breakdown of our Hell in a Cell like, um, predictions on yeah. the matches going on. And then we are going to have a very interesting discussion on what era of wrestling was better as part of WWE. The Attitude Era or the Ruthless Aggression Era. Yep. So really interesting topics, but I do want to start with Hell in a Cell. We'll do the break, and then we'll go into the next one. Oh, boy. Well, um, before we move to that, any any major breaking news this week that you have seen? So the, deb- the re-debut of Kishin Liger, huh. which is Super Jushin Thunder Liger with his mask off with his face paint on him. Huh. Um, Minoru Suzuki ripped it off. They're, they're setting it up. They're setting up Minoru Suzuki versus Jushin Thunder Liger at Wrestle or yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Please, like, I mean, they're they're doing it so fucking well, and they've been building this for like basically the entire year. Right. Holy crap! It's gonna be awesome. Right. Um. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Um. What did you think about the debut episode of well, partial debut episode of NXT on the USA Network? I did not how like I did not like how they formatted the two separate sections, but the matches were really, really good. Yeah, I heard the matches were really, really good. We'll see how long they keep up this momentum. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't wait for it to go to two hours. Uh, I think, well, they, they have a show, USA has a show called Suits that's during their final season. Right. They've always been at that time slot, so they're going to do the last two episodes, which is why it's only one hour on USA. So the whole two-hour debut happens also be on the same day that the debut of um, AEW's Dynamite. AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite. Well, it's called Dynamite. I it's know. not Wednesday Night Dynamite. I know, but it, it's Wednesday night, and it's Dynamite. It's sure. Gonna be, it's going to be bombastic anyway. Let's roll. <laughs> so, Hell in a Cell. We already know two matches absolutely 100% oh, confirmed. Yes. Uh, the Fiend versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Champion in a Hell in a Cell match. I can do an entire episode of my thoughts of The Fiend uh, in this match, but we're not going to go into that. We're just going to try to like lay out yeah. matches for what we're doing. Exactly. And then it's Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship again. Whoop de doo. Which is fine. They actually had a really good match. They did. I really enjoyed and it. And I didn't like until I didn't, the ending. Yeah, I didn't like the finish. I hated the finish. The of that finish match. was good, but the the finish was bad. But the match itself was the match actually itself pretty was good. actually good. But which yeah. I'm not surprised about. 
Um, so this is my predictions for what's going on. All right. Um, since they're going to be kind of trying to cut back a little bit, and every championship doesn't have to be on the line per se. Right. Um, um, I I see I see a rematch of Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston at Hell in a Cell. I think that's the most likely scenario for this. Probably. Um, I would have liked to have seen the Randy Orton feud culminate at Hell in a Cell, but I understand. I think people are just getting tired of it. And it was it was a clean it was a clean right. loss. With it was. Randy Orton, there is nothing else that has to be proven with that. Right. And then also with their thing with Fox, they really wanted Brock Lesnar on there to really make this like, like the big cheese. Right. And apparently the only reason that Brock Lesnar is on SmackDown, um, Eric Bischoff actually does not like Brock Lesnar on SmackDown. No. He did not want Brock Lesnar. But the only reason that they put Brock Lesnar on was because Ronda Rousey is not available. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, is she still doing that show or whatever? Where yeah, she I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but anyways, uh, the Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston match I see as a very feasible possibility for Hell in a Cell. Right. Um, it's either going to be that or they're going to do something with – I don't want to say Roman Reigns because what my prediction is is I really want to see – I think there's going to be a tag team match, Roman Reigns. I want to see a tag team Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, Roman, Roman Reigns and Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan versus um, Eric Rowan, Rowan and, and Harper. Harper. Right. Oh my God, that would be awesome. That's gonna be that would be a good match, and I think that that's another very likely scenario on SmackDown. I also see it's kind of hard to like choose Raw matches to be honest it with is. you. But I also see really clearly a continuation of the Bailey versus Charlotte's rivalry. Well, they're, they're going to because yeah. at the end of the day, because they have not done the tag team match. I think they're gonna wait until like Survivor Series to do something right. like that. And and what I think is gonna happen. Is I am I'm, I'm going too far ahead here of myself, but I do think that as Survivor Series, we're gonna begin the setup between the four horsewomen and the four horsewomen because I, I think what's gonna happen is that the four MMA horsewomen are gonna come in during matches that they're that the four horsewomen of wrestling are involved in and kind of interfere in those matches. Right. And then I think at some point in time they're gonna be like, let's get together because there's a bigger threat. Right. Now, Which would be really cool. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would be fine, but I mean, as of right now, it's kind of hard to determine what's going on because there are two matches that could feasibly happen at WrestleMania if they book this correctly. Right. With the four horsewomen of pro wrestling. Either it's the four horsewomen for horsewomen, but if Ronda Rousey is not available until that uh, for that build because they're not going to book the match for that. Unless, well, no, they have, they're, unless they they're, have the selling thing of Ronda Rousey, they're 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 gonna they're gonna they're gonna make sure that Ronda Rousey is cleared and she's right. able to compete. Well, that's why I think that Ronda Rousey might be on more of a a non wrestling thing because her hand is broken. Well, um, I just don't know. Right. Um. And then also the other one that could be feasible for WrestleMania is the tag team match with both te uh, women's champions on the line. Right. With. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair versus the Boss and Hug Connection, right? Which, which, but, like I said, that could e that could that, be, that, that could be a Royal Rumble match too. That could be, yeah. I think WrestleMania is a little too far out for that. Right. I could, I that could, could, that could be Royal yeah. Rumble. I, I think the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen are are the. Um, that, that's going to be the rest of the That's a long-term plan, I think, and that's what the, they wanted right. to do for a long time now. Right. Um, do you have any other matches that you see feasibly on this card? So, just trying to think. 
it's kind of difficult to say like the IC belt or the United right. States belt. I can I would, see. I would, say, I would say AJ Styles and I don't want to say Cedric because I mean that's basically done. Maybe a um, maybe something with. Rome, I think uh, I think maybe Rome. the authors of Pain will come back. Well, they, at the Hell in a Cell because they've already teased their return. Do you know what brand they're returning on? Aren't they returning on Raw or SmackDown? It's looking like it's going to be Raw, but right now, since the Smack, since the draft hasn't happened, it's kind of hard to make like a full blown prediction on a pay per view, because right. it's still going to be combined pay per views. Thank yes. God, but we just don't know who is where because right. AJ Styles could easily go to SmackDown if need be. That's an example, obviously. The only other feasible match I see at this point in time is I see um, I see uh, Braun Strowman getting involved in the tag team scene because, um, I mean, I mean, in some capacity, he has been going after Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. I, I mean, yeah. In, in some capacity. And I there guess. really isn't another tag team who is in that position. That. Other other than like the Viking Raiders, but there's still that thing that they might be going back to NXT. NXT. Right. But you know, I mean it's it's a really it's really hard to like do a full blown Helena or Helena Cell full card prediction. Right. Because the draft has yeah, the draft is gonna be the, the ace draft, in the, the draft hole. will totally dictate on where things go. Scott Dawson yeah. and Dash Wilder, the revival are obviously going to be on SmackDown. Um, because they're the SmackDown right. Tag Team Champions. And I think that's pretty much set in stone at this point in time. Right. Um, well, uh, since the draft is coming up, do you have any early predictions for that draft? I think the big thing, I, I see Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles switching the um, secondary titles. You think so? You I, think AJ, I, I, AJ will be IC and Shinsuke will no, be no, no, no. United like, States? Like, no, no. AJ Styles oh, they goes lose to Smack- the belt. No, they go to oh. SmackDown. So AJ goes to SmackDown and Shinsuke goes to Raw. I could actually I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um actually, you know, that's actually a really good thing. Let's go through the roster as it sits right now and uh, kind of Okay. Yeah. Let's let's, let's, just, let's just go through it quick. Yeah, at let's the very just least. go through it. Now remember, really NX, really NXT quick. people are going not going to be involved in these decisions whatsoever. So it's not gonna be a three way no, thing then. Okay. No. Uh, Triple H has said on the last conference call. Um, okay. Styles, you said maybe going to SmackDown. I don't see it. I think he'll stay on Raw. Um, AOP are gonna stay on Raw. Baron Corbin. Okay. Let's just not do this one at a time. Let's just go down the list and say, uh, let's see. I would say Bobby Lashley will definitely go Raw. Or oh, SmackDown. SmackDown. Yeah, I see. Bobby. I can I can definitely see Bobby Bro- Lashley, Brock Lesnar for the WWE champion. Yeah, I can That'd see they're cool. both going to go to SmackDown. Cesaro's um, going to go to NXT UK at this point. Drew McIntyre is going to go to NXT UK, I think. Yeah. I think that'd be the best. Maybe. Eric Young, I think, is going to go back to NXT. Same so thing with EC3. EC3. Um, Leo Rush is back on NXT. I don't know right. why he's still on there. The Miz, I think, will stay. I mean, that's. I mean, the, the we're really Miz just going to go for the big stay, people. Right. The Miz will stay. Ricochet will stay. Rey Mysterio is going to probably retire before they really make a full decision right. on where exactly. he's Exactly. I think he'll be just involved in one or two high-profile rivalries. Right. I think Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, Robert Roode. Okay, will they're stay. all going to stay. Let's just. Yep. Okay, we're done with that. Uh, do you think Becky Lynch is going to move to SmackDown? I do. She has, been, she has been in promotional material for SmackDown, so there is a chance that she will, but that would really cripple the Raw women's division overall. Like I said, does. I think that the bigger story is going to be all four of them coming together. I think they'll stay on their respective brands. Okay, I think so too. 
Um, there's not really like a woman on here that I could because the say, women the women do go between brands quite often. That's right. that's fine. That's fine because they put on better rivalries anyways than the men right. do. <clears throat> right. Um. I, re- I mean, really, there's not a lot of people on here that I could see. I think maybe Matt and Jeff Hardy will kind of phase themselves out at this point. I think they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna. They both have knee. In, no, not both of them. Um. Matt cause... Hardy's Matt Hardy's doing house show circuit, and Jeff Hardy's still out with his knee right. injury. Jinder Mahal still. I, th- I thought it was like Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy, um, Jinder Mahal is kind of there. Maybe they'll give him a bigger push because they're going to be on Fox. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Um, they're going to keep Heavy Machinery on SmackDown because they're getting they're popular hard right now. They're keeping Brian Danielson, definitely. Yeah. They're keeping All New Day. They're keeping Lesnar, I think, probably. Yeah, th- most of that roster is going to stay. I think that they'll. I think that Lars Sullivan, if he ever comes back, he's going to go back to NXT. Oh, definitely. I think he will. He really. He had a really bad knee injury. If though. he comes back, he's going back to NXT. Right. I don't think Sheamus is going to come back. I think he might be more of a backstage hand, but I don't see him coming back. No. Rusev, I think. I, honestly, he's, I think he'll go to Raw. He, well, Rusev is on his way out. Really? Yeah. It should be fine. Well, because he's he's very likely to leave and, and go to AEW. AEW. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Nakamura. Didn't you say Nakamura's going to go to Raw? I just don't, can't see that. I, I see that being the big move. Mm. That's going to be maybe the like, big. Maybe like one of the bigger moves, but that would really cripple SmackDown Well, overall. in exchange for AJ Styles, I don't think that's too oh, bad. Oh, maybe, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, anybody on the SmackDown women's roster that you can kind of feasibly see going to Raw again? Now, again, the, with Lana, she'll follow her husband. Right, and the only the only person that I could see if Becky Lynch does go to SmackDown that could be a viable candidate on replacing her in any way, shape, or form is Asuka. She's been buried, but she still has Nalora, and they could build her back up like that. Who? Asuka. Well, no, I mean, so if you said who's gonna go to Raw? Be- uh, Oscar going to Raw, Becky Lynch going to SmackDown. Well, maybe, but if it's I, gonna be, if it's gonna be I, like I a trade-off. really, well, yeah, but then if you want, if you want Becky to go, you have to get Sasha. Too. Oh, that's true as well. Yeah, and then there's not really anybody else other than maybe, right. maybe, maybe Ember Moon if they book her right. Well, yeah, but the four horsewomen kind of stand in a league of their own, unfortunately. Right. Anyway, and so it would be it would be really hard for all four horsewomen to yeah. be on one roster because then. It would just be a trade-off with all four of them and nobody else because they're just powerhouses in the right, industry. Exactly. So keeping them separate's fine, um, and I don't think any of them are going to make a trade. No, I don't think so either. And then same, kind of the same thing with NXT. I don't really see a lot of people going around. I know the Undisputed Era have expressed concern on going to Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. But to be honest, if they're if they really want NXT to be that third brand, yep. they have to keep all members of Undisputed Era on NXT. I don't care what you say. They have and to. I think they're reinforcing that with the fact that all four of them are now champions. they're They're the champions of the fucking place. Right. But with, with the introduction with the new people, like Swerve, like um, Arturo Rus and all of them, I think that... Didn't Kushida make an appearance on 205 Live? He did. He did. Yeah. It was. It was only appearance. Right. Actually, Kushida seems to be going into a rivalry with Walter for the um, WWE United Kingdom Championship. That's gonna mm-hmm. be. That'd be interesting. Now that was a thing that happened during NXT, which I was really, which I was really excited for. Was NXT UK made their mark on the debut episode during the USA broadcast? Right. 
kind of establishing that they're going to be the replacements. Right. Um, so as far as the four horsewomen going to Raw or SmackDown, I see all four of them going up. But I see, I see um, the two. I see two women going to Raw and two women going to SmackDown. I think that they would keep it separate, just like they do with the four horsewomen of wrestling. This is what I. This is what I think, and they're if, not going to put all four of the um, no, no, horsewomen. No, this is what I think. Okay. If if they're going to have this WrestleMania match, which if it does, then Yesman Duke, Shayna Baszler, and um, Marina Schaefer will get that rub that right. desperately needs. And if, like I said, same thing with the Unspeeded Era. If they're going to get that rub come WrestleMania yeah. with this buildup, with all of them together, they should stay on NXT. Do you think that? Um, do you think that um, Ronda Rousey should go to NXT? No, Ronda Rousey should be a Brock Lesnar. She is not the a special. Person, right, she's she's, a special she'll, she's almost like the manager of the other three horsewomen. Right. Who she's she's who interfering. Who I mean. Not to be like bashing NXT, but NXT is like the workhorse brand. Right. This is where it. I mean, not saying that Ronda Rousey is not too big for NXT, but she's what? She's like. I mean, she's Brock Lesnar. She's she doesn't even have to fucking be there. Right. The same thing with she Brock Lesnar. Shows up. <laughs> Brock Lesnar has already cemented himself as one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, and you can fight me. Because he is. He is. Now, if Ronda Rousey won the Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, blah, 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 blah. Same thing with Brock Lesnar did, then maybe on that same level. But Ronda Rousey just has the name power. Right. Keeping her there. She just does it because she loves it. And you can clearly see. And she's so, she's so greatly improved yeah. over the Anyways, time. Anyways, let's, uh, let's, let's, I guess, um, how... how... Oh, and then oh, and then all members of Two Hundred Five Live with the merge, they're all going to go to NXT. Yeah. The Cruiserweight Champion will turn yellow, which I think would be really cool. Maybe some of them will go to NXT UK because their roster is not the biggest in the world. But it's getting bigger. You, I mean, it's it's probably doubled in size in the past couple of months. Oh, it probably is. And I honestly, I like the women's division of the UK division yeah. better than that because they just got uh, Tegan Fox, who uh -huh. was a big person on the. Um, British indie scene, yep. so that's going to be another contender easily for yeah. the women's champion. Uh, basically, all of the women here are not they. They can viably be the NXT UK women's right. champion, which I really like. Where you can go up to fucking um and or regular NXT's roster. And it's not as packed with. Stars. It's not as strong because you no. have one really really strong champion, right? And she's pretty much gone through everyone else on the roster. Right. Um, Except for the one person she hasn't actually gone through is Candice LeRae at this point. Candice LeRae is the underdog, obviously. Oh, my God. Is she the is she ever the underdog? Right, right. Um, but doesn't then, she go through Rhea Ripley first? She already did. Oh, she already did. Yeah, she, she already yeah, did. Yeah, she won that one, obviously. Yeah, she won that one. Okay. Yes. So, um, I mean, I, I can see a lot of good things happening. We'll, we'll kind of go from there. Right, and then obviously there's a lot of performance people, yep. like huge performance people here, um, like Austin Theory and blah, 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 who are established already, but they're just making the scene, kind of getting used to how to do it here. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on. There's definitely a lot going on, and it's very exciting to be – it's very exciting to be a wrestling fan right now, especially yeah. coming up with October 2nd with – AEW coming in, which is going to be the first night of the Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Triple H doesn't see it as a war. 
He doesn't, but clearly there's going to be some competition. Triple, Triple H sees it as competition, but he understands that competition is healthy and it brings out the best in us. Right. But I'm not, there I'm not, is. I'm not saying that right. the competition will be bad. I'm, I'm excited. This oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah, but if it's like, oh, well, this is going to put the WWE out of business, it's, oh, hell no. it's not going to. No, no, no. They're, they're too, I think they're the, still the too WWE different. The WWE is too big to fail. They're still too different. I mean, the, the only way WWE can fail is if they did something internally. Right. I mean, people didn't think that um, Enron was going to fail, but... But, you know, I mean, it's just like WCW. I mean, WCW was a bigger threat than AEW was because WCW actually had... WWE wasn't as big as it is now. It right. wasn't. No, it wasn't. Absolutely not. It was still a private company, little, small, little like company. Said, we're, we're, yeah. really, we're really going to have to... I mean, right now, we've never been in this kind of a situation. But there's competition. Which is good competition and, and healthy, I'm okay with it. I'm and okay it's going it. to be great. Yes. Yeah, so we're about the twenty minute mark. So we're going to go to our break, and then we're going to come back with the question of who, um, what era was better. And I think I'll say maybe ten minutes to kind of present your argument. Or not? I don't argument. have an argument. This is your monologue. So, so Tiger Height is going to present a, a with, the, with the over with the overarching question of what era was better. Right. Just, just overall. Right, and then I'm going to let him talk for about 20 minutes or so, and then I can ask him some questions. So uh, when we come back, we'll go ahead and get that monologue started. Awesome. Sweet.
All right, and we are back. Hopefully, you grab your drink, but rubbed one off because we are going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about probably the two greatest eras, other than the golden era, of all of professional wrestling. All right, which bring are, it to which me. are the Attitude Era, which was you know the start of the Monday Night Wars. Mm -hmm. That's when they became a little more raunchy with ECW to the. Uh, ruthless aggression era which was the era directly after that you and I have watched both we have experienced both mm -hmm. and with the overarching thing on which one was better ruthless aggression or attitude you want me to answer that yes ruthless aggression okay now is this based on what is your what is it based on star power Safety, what, what was it? Star power, then you started to get safer. It wasn't safe at the beginning. Definitely star power, no competition, still good television. Um, it wasn't too raunchy. There was a healthy balance. But there was a healthy balance. And I think that if the WWE were to ever sway away from TVPG, they're going to go back to Ruthless Aggression. They're not going back to Attitude Era. No way. That is never going to happen. No. Not in our lifetimes. The WWE has shareholders now. And right. they cannot afford to lose major sponsorships because they are going to show boobies on TV. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, um, with that being said, do you believe that you have – because we – Basically, I was born in '94. You were born in '93. Yeah. So we were kind. We were born kind of in the middle of the Attitude Era. It I don't was, remember a lot of it. I don't remember a lot of it, but I definitely have been watching it back, and there's been a lot going on. Now, are you speaking as a person of somebody who grew up from the start of the ruthless aggression to the end of the ruthless aggression, or do you believe if you were somebody who was born in the '80s, for instance? and you've watched both of them in their entirety, could you say the same thing? Yes. Okay. And the reason, again, goes back to the balance. The average wrestling fan today is in their 50s. Okay, you're right. And so when they were in their 30s, of course, being a badass was a cool thing. You're in your 20s and 30s, you're the rebel, you're an ass, and so wrestling has to be that way. That was just the era. That was the grunge era. That was mm -hmm. post-rock. Yep. And then they got a little older. They wanted to introduce their kids to the product, but of course you don't want to give your kids like straight boobies on TV. Okay. Or sausage references. But you still want good wrestling. Right, and that's I think what happened. And then WWE got a little soft, a little PG, a little whatever you want to call it, PC, right? Whatever. Um, but I think that they're going to start moving themselves a little more towards that. Now, with if you could take out the eras that these were in, i.e., nineties to the two thousands, where it became a little more vanilla, right. but still. But it, really, the ruthless aggression was like a backwash of the Attitude Era. Right, it was. Just because the Attitude Era was so high. Now, do you think that the Attitude Era, if the ruthless or if the grunge, if right. the grunge era extended more into the 2000s, do you believe that it still would have been more Attitude-ish, or do you think WWE? Would have still. I think it was just natural for them to go to the PG era. I don't think. I think there were a lot of things that contributed to the PG era. Um, I 
don't I I saw that the ruthless aggression era kind of it it softened its stance to a point and then it stopped. And then it said, okay, well, this is a good balance right here. And it was that way from about 2003 to probably 2007, 2008. And then after 2008, we all know what happened in 2008. Things started changing. Yep. And at the same time, the WWE was losing a lot of money. And then they had to merge the rosters together. The magic of the ruthless aggression, the attitude era was competition. And whether it's competition between WWE and WCW, or if it's competition between Raw and SmackDown, then there is that element of who's going to one-up this week. And that okay. was the spirit of those eras. But now, do you believe, Do you, when did you think that the Ruthless Aggression era started, officially, as an era? It started the day WCW got bought by WWF. Okay, so... Really, WWE did not have much competition at that point. Right, and then they were able to start loosening up their stance. Do you think the Ruthless Aggression era was a byproduct of the Attitude Era because of its popularity? Yes. Okay. Now, I do think it's a distinct era all its own because it was run by WWE, so there's a different flair to it because they're not worried about losing it all. Now, as a part of just pure wrestling, as a part of the in-ring action as to what you believe professional wrestling is what era do you think was better ruthless aggression okay and i i'm gonna tend to agree with you but you still have five minutes so um now hmm i mean that's it it's just the in-ring action i think was better in the ruthless aggression Right, but now, but you because can, with but you the can... with the attitude era, with the attitude era, you had to resort to certain tactics where it was really focused in on the storylines instead of the in ring competition. Without the storylines to keep the audience engaged, I mean, you didn't need that wasn't as emphasized. Let's put it that way. Okay, it wasn't as emphasized because you really need to captivate the audience, give them a reason to watch, even if it's non wrestling things. Right. And so that's what got them. That was all the Playboys. Well, that's when it started. The Playboys, the you know all that crap. Um, there was a lot of outside of wrestling stuff going on, but with the Ruthless Aggression era, I think that there was a lot more focus on the in-ring competition. Right. Of course, there were certain classes who did not experience that, um, namely especially the, the ladies kind of got the, the low end. On the ruthless aggression era, which which wasn't great, but well, I that mean, was again that was a byproduct of the attitude right, era. Right, right. That's, that's what, what I was gonna say. say. It's like the attitude era was really a very sexual focused thing because right. we were in the grunge era. We were very much of uh, sex, fuck, fuck the establishment, right. sex, this drugs, and rock and roll. Right, exactly. Well, that's more eighties. Uh, this was more grunge. This was more counterculture. Whatever was going on, because the 80s, you know, it, there was a part between the right. 80s and 90s, late 80s, early 90s, where it became very vanilla. And I think the grunge was the aftershock of the 80s. Right. So it really is like the aftershock of the aftershock of the aftershock. Yeah. Um, so now you can now there there, there was a there was also a weak emphasis on tag team wrestling as well. Oh, okay. definitely. Um, at the I beginning, mean, at the beginning, it wasn't. But then when it started getting towards the end, but that might be WWE's cultural policies as well. They're just not big on tag teams. Never right. have been. 
You mean you can argue during some eras it was a little I think more of WC, an established? I mean, WCW at, was better with tag teams, but I think they overemphasized tag I can, teams I can, and I can stables. Really, I can really argue against that. I think the Attitude Era's tag team division was one of the strongest things well, yeah. of all of the Attitude Era in general. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not denying that. I'm, denying, I'm, I'm saying that the... The ruthless aggression era really put the focus away it, from it was, the, yes, it was yeah, strong. Yeah. It was strong at the beginning, and then it got right. It, it became it right. became very like I don't know. It, it's it's really hard to say a byproduct again right. of, of the attitude era. Right, right, right. There were strong tag teams, and then they just either died off or they went extinct. Right. Um, now, people can argue of some of the rivalries, maybe even in the ruthless aggression era, were worse. Overall, then in the Attitude Era, based on its raunchiness, uh, some examples: the Katie Vick angle, um, the oh gosh, uh, what was it? Um, the what was oh Zach Gowan's attack with Brock Lesnar? on that Raw, um, Brock Lesnar's thing against or Kurt Angle's racism when he's like, oh. Um, I can say whatever I want. These people are going to still cheer me. I can say I'm not a big fan of the black people. Muhammad Hassan was during. Oh yeah, he was. That was during the ruthless aggression era. Now, now, with that said, do you think that those storylines were still WWE trying to hold on to the Attitude Era? Yep. That was okay. it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Um, I think that some of the storylines, like Muhammad Hassan. Would have worked had it been, I mean, for example, the, Muhammad Hassan was just, it was, in, in theory, it was a good idea, but in execution, it was horrible. Oh, to be honest, that, was, then, that was literally. Oh, oh and, then you, and then you literally tape something with the terrorists the same day as a terrorist attack. That was just a, that was just bad luck brown right there. I think that, that's what killed Hassan. Now, we could do a whole episode on Muhammad Hassan because, in my opinion, I loved Muhammad Hassan. I thought he was, he was, he was, he was the best bad. He was the best gimmick ever because it took it, it took literally the same kind of foreign human right. thing, but twisted it to where his anger was justified, where he grew up in America, but he just had Arab descendants, right. and he was angry at America because they hated him because of the color of his right. skin. Because yes, that's awesome, and especially at that time because that because was a that big was authentic. Thing. There was a little bit of authenticity in it. Right. It now, wasn't. It wasn't just I am a foreigner. I came here. I hate America. Right. It, that wasn't it. He loved the country. He lived. He his, didn't he like lived the in that hatred. Right. He lived right. in that hatred. It's like being a. It's at, It's like being a Jew in the South of the United States. Right. I mean, there was a lot of hate. And for, you know, I mean, there are, pro there are a lot of Southerners who do like the Jews, but there is a very vocal minority who absolutely hate them. And there are people who tell stories about how they are marginalized or how they are hated. Like I said, we can, we can, I, maybe, yeah. maybe that could be like next week's episode. Of oh, no, we've already, we've already discussed next week's episode. This is going to happen. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. all right. It so is. now, now with it being fucking 11 minutes and 30 seconds, now it's your turn to ask me about kind of the same overall thing. Okay. Um, well, uh, I guess we've we've pretty much discussed all the questions that you had, but I had a very intriguing question that okay. might take the majority of those ten minutes. Okay. Um, and I have some ideas as well. 
do you th- what what elements of either the ruthless aggression era or the attitude era would you like to see back on WWE television? Ooh, so, so this, this is intriguing. intriguing. <laughs> now there is faceted. Now with the ruthless aggression era, they had a very strong emphasis on getting. I, I felt like they had a really big emphasis on the filtration system on who made it to television, on who they signed. I'm seeing this now because obviously they have they have probably the biggest talent of the best wrestlers on the planet, and they don't let any schlock in. With no, they they had some people who weren't the best in the world, but had potential to do so. I feel like. WWE is lacking on a ton of homegrown talent. Yep. They, 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 you need to grab people that are like. Kurt Angle was a homegrown talent, technically. So WWE is lacking homegrown. Homegrown, yes. Because like Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Ricochet, AJ Styles, they had their names. And they had their talents before they went to WWE. Right. It was just like, oh, they just they're they're just farming them. I want to see. I I want to see them sign a truly talented, amazing amateur wrestler and really groom them to something special. Right. Chad Gable. I'm gonna put him in that ring because he is that person. If they put right. him in the right place, he will be the next Kurt Angle. He's that fucking good. Yeah, he is. Give him Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle is like one of the best examples of this. He was an Olympic gold medalist in amateur wrestling. Chad Gable trained him. Right. Kurt Angle really got his stride as a main event player in the ruthless aggression era, despite him coming into the company as um, attitude or in the attitude era. Right. So there's a big difference between those. Kurt Angle was intercontinental, European, United States, blah 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 champion. And he really got the WWE champion kind of around the Ruthless Aggression era. Right. And that's when he became the wrestling machine. Right. So there's that thing where... Yeah, there there definitely is that element there. And I agree with you. I think that WWE lacks homegrown talent. And there's... I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with not having it, but there's something special about having it. Right. Like, like what we're not seeing today is those mega... Like John Cena esque stars. Right. Now John Cena trained in the WCW gym at the tail end of 2000. He was training in their gym to become a wrestler, but he really was trained. He was training in their gym. He wasn't trained. By he was them. trained by OVW, which at the time was a farm WWE territory. Farm ter- yes, exactly. Um, Brock Lesnar was a WWE trained talent. The Miz is a WWE trained talent. He spent some time in Deep South, but he really got his start. He really got his training. He really honed his skills in WWE. Right. That's really like the last homegrown talent that they really have right now. Otherwise, otherwise, most of the talent they it's either they're not as talented as they appear to be. I.e. You know, I mean, Seth Rollins is talented, but he he got his start in he was in Ring of Honor and shit. Yeah, he was he's not same same with CM Punk, same with Samoa Joe. I mean, all the major stars today, there are probably there are probably a few wrestlers who break that rule, 
But for the most part, WWE's major stars all come and they've honed their skills in other promotions. Right. I mean, a lot of NXT stars are not people who are doing their development there. It's people who have done their development somewhere elsewhere. Right. And, you know, going off of that, too, um, I see another big problem is they are mining talent, but they're not utilizing the talent. Right. And uh, now with, with your initial question on things that – they do. The Attitude Era gave a ton of creative freedom to the wrestlers. Now, this does not mean have them go stop. Have them go carte blanche out and to say whatever you want on television. Give them bullet points and have them talk. Right. If the Miz still wants to be the Hollywood narcissistic heel because he was great at it, have him do that. Right. If Roman Reigns wants to be a badass heel that is also very intelligent, have him do that. Lars Sullivan is actually a very intelligent man. Have him be Lars Sullivan. Yeah. There are people who can talk. And there are people who can develop a character. Mick Foley was one of the – he is the – Probably one of the greatest wrestlers yeah. of all time, one of the most influential wrestlers of all time, because Mick Foley, Dude Love, Mankind, and Cactus Jack were all products of his mind. Yeah, and and you know, Bray Bray Wyatt right now is a perfect example of give your stars <laughs> the base character and have them run with it. Right, and right now Bray Wyatt slash the Fiend is the most talked about thing in wrestling probably right now next to AEW. Yeah. Our truth. Our truth is just doing our truth things. I don't think our truth wants to be the WWE champion at this point. No. And to be honest, I don't want him to be. I want he is carrying WWE on his back. It is the most talked about thing every single week right. is that 24/7 champion. Yeah. He made that belt. It was a joke. Yeah. Until our truth got his hands on it, and you can tell our truth is having fun. I want, I want, I want to see these people have fun. Right. If they want to be a badass, very like that kind of a competitor, but you can just tell that they want to do that. Right. I I want to see that liveliness. Like you want to see Samoa Joe get so angry that he's so close to getting. The, the WWE champion or right. the Universal champion. He just cannot get it. Right. And, you know, like I and said, you we, see we, we that want, echoed want to... with someone like, like Braun Strowman. And then what do they do? Well, Braun Strowman, he ain't the greatest talker in the world. Have him but go he's ahead. a monster. So have him and Samoa Joe team up and they will fucking dominate right. anyone. Samoa, <laughs> Braun Strowman, when he first debuted as the character that we see now, he was just squashing people. Right. He was Goldberg. Right. Same thing with Nia Jax in a, like a very rudimentary way. She's out, so I can't really but, speak for But what her. you do, this is what the Ruthless Aggression Era did really well, was they paired up people who couldn't talk very well with people who could talk because it was all about the mixture of the storyline no, and the if, athleticism. If, if people, no, well, I mean, in a way, yes. Uh, but like I said, it, with the Attitude Era, my point was is – have the have the people working mm-hmm. kind of develop the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has the same brain. They're going to do different things. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I would say Ruthless Aggression era did very well, and WWE does it now, 
is that filtration system of mm-hmm. great talents who can work well together. Right. They have, you know, I have the roster right here. There's not really anybody on this roster that I could say legitimately actually sucks. There is a there, somebody does something here very well right. that they filter. They they have a great filter on yeah. finding the best talent in the world and giving them that reign. Right. And but yeah, that's something I like to see come back is is giving the talent the creative freedom. Because that's to, that's that, that is a thing that's not to, that's to the, form something that is their own. John Cena is John Cena. That is the man Mm-hmm. that you see on screen and that is why he connected with people if face or heel he right. you can tell that the john cena that you saw on television was the john cena in the back right and he worked very hard to get to his place he really developed different characters and you saw that kind of evolution the, the not only the evolution but even if you went back to the rapping thing that right. is john cena he's a very good on the nose rapper, right? As a part of that, and that's what made him a success as a heel, a baby face. Then he kind of molded to something to he wear. transcended, right? But <laughs> but you can still tell that he's not right. like a white baby face rapper, right? Because you saw the maturity of John Cena, right? It's, there was there's a maturity, almost, right? Of it. It's almost you know, I mean, you you can see some wrestlers who are not authentic with their characters. Roman like, Reigns is a perfect example. Roman Reigns is a perfect example of someone who is being forced he to might, be he, someone he, he he's might, not. He might be a little bit better now, but at the time he wasn't. Daniel Bryan, for instance. He wanted to turn heel. Right. And you can tell when he was heel, he was the best thing as a heel. Yeah. He was so cool. Uh, I mean, Jeff and Matt Hardy have always been themselves. You know, there's a lot of people. They're giving them that same thing, but you need to give them the time to really develop Exactly. It. And the thing with the draft is you're going to get your enormous roster that opportunity to do so. Right. To make something of themselves. Right. To make something of themselves because you need to give it time. Right. You need to give them time. And that is why the three-hour thing, is, for me, if as soon as they do the draft, is not going to be the biggest deal in the world as right. long as stuff is interesting. Right. You know. You want to keep it interesting. We want, we want the interest of the ruthless aggression where everybody felt important. Right. Where, you know, you had Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, John Cena. You had all of these guys who were so good, but then they spread out to their right. different things where Shelton Benjamin was Shelton Benjamin. Brock Lesnar was Brock Lesnar. Val Venus was Val Venus. There was a certain part where people can go. Exactly. And like I said, anybody can go up. Yeah, anybody can. Absolutely. There was, there was this balance of movement, which the ruthless aggression it had, the attitude era did not have. Right. People were stuck in their place. Stone Cold Rock, uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Taker, Kane. I mean, there was maybe, you can put them on one hand. As right. the main eventers, they were always the main event. They were always going to be the main event. You're not going to see Billy Gunn going for the WWF champion anytime soon. But that's not his place. Right, and that's what I hated about it. There was no movement. There was no upward mobility. Right, and that's what AEW does so well, is that Kazuchika Okada can go for any championship and easily go for the main event belt. Right. It's all about the connection with the audience. Sonata's right. going up there. And that's what WWE needs to bring back. They need to bring back uh, that malleability mm-hmm. that the ruthless aggression had so well 
that just they don't. Now, there are people who've transcended right. that. You don't see Brock Lesnar going for the United States champion at this point. Because he's, yeah, that's not his He's place. Brock Lesnar. He's transcended. He's broken the barrier of main eventer. Right. It's like there's, you right. know, instead lower, of, lower card, of putting middle, yeah. main event, and then there's special attraction. Right. Well, instead of, see, instead of putting ceilings on people, I believe that they should put floors underneath once they jump high enough. Right. Well, I mean, you can have Shinsuke Nakamura win the WWE champion, be the biggest star, and then stop, and then go for the United States champion. John Cena did go for the United right, States he, he, he was the he United did. States champion he did. after yeah. he didn't need it. But he, that was more about the rivalry, I think, than no, the he, champion. For, for the most part, he elevated the belt. Yeah. He did the John Cena Open Challenge, yeah. and every single week you got a really good match because John Cena, I'm, I hate, I'm not going to say he's a great wrestler. But he's, he's good at bringing up bad talent. And, he's really and, good and, at And it. also championships. Yeah. As soon as a star becomes big, WWE champion for a while. And after a while, that light burns yeah. out. And you need to put them down to where they can, as part of that drawing power, bring right. up that belt before they become a special attraction star. Right. So John Cena, at this point, with all the movies and shit that he's doing, he's a special attraction star. Yeah, pretty much. Where to the point where he was, he can go down take the United States Championship and from the muck right. and bring it back to where it should be. But Brock Lesnar doesn't have that kind of power. Well, he does. He could, but he's a special attraction. Right. Now, if you said that in 2005, when he's already, you know, the next big thing, yeah, he could have done that. He could have won the Tag Team Champions. He could have won the United States right. Champion and done the same thing just 10 years before. Right. Um, well, let me go back. To, I have one last question okay. here. Um, and, you know, this goes on on kind of the role that authorities figure, authority figures play in the Ruthless Aggression Era. In my opinion, I think that part of what made the Ruthless Aggression Era really good was the fact that there was that sense of real competition between Raw and SmackDown. Right. And the authority figures knew that. So do you think that they should bring on-screen authority figures back today? Like, not the McMahons, but like like you get Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. As, as, the as the face of the company. As the face of the brand. This is my thing. It should not be a centralized authority figure. It should be the channel. USA versus Fox. Absolutely. But with 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 characters, they have to be malleable to the environment. We right. know that Fox has this deal with SmackDown exclusively. Right. Where Raw has this exclusively. Why don't we have like they they had this at one point, but it was kind of in the same realm, so it didn't right. count. Network executives. Not Brand directors, network executives saying, I am a representation of Fox. I am a representation of the USA Network. Right. And they're the faces of the com- of the brand. Maybe. Keep keep Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman as the invisible creators Am I of the show. I'm talking about like the, you know, like the Eric Eric Bischoff was always like the the hardline authority. Oh, I, I was just saying like we, like the character of Paul Heyman, the character of the problem with Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff is they're both very hardline people. Right. But you want someone who's the antithesis of it in the other brand. So you want like Paul Heyman on SmackDown. He, not Paul Heyman. Um, 
uh, Eric Bischoff on SmackDown, he's a hardliner. He's like all corporate business type because that's just the character that he is. And then on another brand, you get the happy-go-lucky, like, Teddy Long kind of character who's like, tag team match. You're going one-on-one <laughs> on one with The Undertaker. So... <laughs> I love. I I fucking love. I feel. Teddy I, Long, I feel man. like. I feel like if you were gonna do something like this as a part of an on-screen authority, there has to be a legitimate stark contrast between them. Right. And as I say this, I'm not saying like one is very corporate. It, the what is the opposite of a very corporate person? Right. Not someone who someone you who need. Can... A, you need a grungier show to yeah. make that contrast work. Right. That's what you need. Where. The person who can show their kids Monday Night or SmackDown because that's on Fox. Right. That's a more watered down thing that focuses more on the wrestling. Right. I'm just going to say that as an example where on Raw you still get that wrestling, but you get more of the raunchier storylines. You get stuff that's more of an adult oriented show where you don't show it to your 10 year old right the 10 year old watches the smackdown you watch the raw when they go to bed right unfortunately what's gonna happen well unfortunately because of the way that the world is now and i know but but i mean that's 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 the only way to make it really work right well that's where you do it right but i think again the ruthless aggression had to find the balance and i think they had it for a few years but then things started going downhill. Right. Um, I mean, I really don't have much else to say. I don't have much for, else for me. to say either. I, um, I, we, we lived and we were watching wrestling from the tail end of the Attitude Era. Up until today. Up until to today. And we still watch to this day. I'm very excited to see where it goes. The product is safer. They have the best talents in the world. There's just, some, there's just some elements that I think would make the product better. And to right now, WWE's product has been, I mean, it's honestly. It's been getting better. It's been getting a lot better. And I'm not going to question that. But there's still some elements that does not make the show itself right. as authentic as possible. And that's why professional wrestling is hard to book. Because you need to find a good contrast of Absolutely. the theater part of network television. Like Suits, for instance. You know that it's fake. But... With wrestling, it's in a league of its own. Right. Where you don't, you're not interested in it unless there is a level of authenticity to the people that you're watching. You need to suspend your disbelief. Oh, yeah. And you need to, but I I tend not to. Right. (laughs) Well, that's, that's one thing about wrestling is that you can suspend your disbelief to a point. Right. Where shows, you can totally suspend your disbelief because you know it's fake. But with wrestling, it's like there's they present it as a physical competition yeah. where you, your brain initially thinks it's a physical competition. They're trying to win something. Yep. Your mind, you need to suspend that disbelief. Yeah. That's why wrestling is great. Um, yeah. So um, let us know. Uh, I think we're, we're pretty much done here. But right. let us know in the comments what you think. If you have ideas of your own, let us know. If you want us to present a certain topic on the show, let us know. No topic is too controversial uh, my, for my tw- us. Our, our Twitters and Instagram, uh, just send us a send us a direct message. Yeah. Either, e- even put it on our board, and we'll discuss it. Yeah. We're more than happy to do that because really, I mean, there's so much to talk about about this sport, and it's crazy. Yeah. That, I mean. It's amazing. So, uh, yeah, you're going to love our episode next week. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for watching. We're going to go get some food because I'm starving. So uh, we'll see you guys later. Have a good rest of your evening. Oh, and also, um, 
next week's show is going to be on Friday. I'll yes. make an, I'll make an announcement on Twitter eventually about it. But we have some unforeseen circumstances. No, we're the, going to Vegas on Saturday. We're in the process of moving to Vegas, and that's when we're going to be going. So next Sunday, we're not even going to be around our equipment. So we're going to do the show on Friday before we do it. So, yeah, look for the show coming on Friday. Bleh. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast, a Majestic production. If you enjoyed this program, Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms. Links in the description section of wherever you're watching this. We are on all channels. We will be doing this once at least a week. And we will let you know when we go live. Also, if you want to support us further and get great exclusive content, including watch parties, merchandise, signings, and any and all future shows become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash majestic p that again is patreon.com forward slash majestic p thank you guys for watching enjoy the rest of your day evening or morning and as always be majestic